Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, high-tech solutions for those with ADHD. With us in our virtual studio is the Elaine taylor Kloss. We're going to get into the content of our show in a second. Real quickly, um, our program is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And in celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free copies of Attention Magazine, digital copies, that is. To get yours, all you have to do is listen to our show. We're going to share a secret word uh, a couple times through the show. Just write it down and then listen to another show and write down the secret word of that show. Then just send me an email. The address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Put the two secret words in the email, and I will forward to Chad, and we will get you PDF copies of the current edition of Attention Magazine and then a copy of the next one that is in print. Um, Our show tonight is being brought to you kind of on the eve of the 2020 virtual conference on ADHD. Uh, It was originally supposed to be in Dallas, Texas. This year uh, it's virtual. Uh, If you're listening to this on Wednesday or on Thursday, there's still time to register for the event at chadd.org. We encourage you, very much encourage you to consider it. If you haven't already done so, there's a lot of great stuff that's happening. Again, our program is being brought to you by Chad. We're going to run a little tip and we'll get into the show. Are you ready to connect with your tribe? Join Chad at the 2020 Virtual International Conference on ADHD on November 5th to the 7th. Learn the latest tools, treatments, and strategies to help manage your ADHD. Connect with speakers, peer support groups, and gather lots of new ideas and action plans that may help you or your child with ADHD to live a healthier and stronger life. Register today at chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. So, again, our topic tonight is high-tech solutions for those with ADHD. Uh, for decades, Elaine taylor Kloss uh, struggled as a mom with an ADD++ family of five. But after she discovered that Coach Approach dramatically helped her and her kids uh, and her entire family, she co-founded the first-ever virtual parent coaching support organization for parents and complex kids, ImpactADHD.com. In 2020, ImpactADHD expanded to become ImpactParents.com, reflecting the broad range of of parents supported the first decade. Uh, Parents of complex kids challenged with ADHD, anxiety, learning disabilities, and more. Uh, An award-winning online resource and blog for parents and professionals. Impact Parents provides coaching, training, and uh, support uh, around the world. Um, Elaine is, uh, is, is a 
is a regular speaker at many different uh, places, a book writer, etc. You can learn more about her, get her books and stuff at uh, impactparents.com. With that, Elaine, welcome to the show. Thank you. It is great to be here. You know, I love so much our conversations, radio interviews, and also regular because I always learn so much, and I'm, I'm, I'm anxious for today's show. I did an interview with Dr. Russell Barkley a couple years ago on working memory, and for those who want to, to check it out, just Google Attention Talk Radio GPS, it will come up. And we talked about working memory and the challenges of it, and as I have learned over the time is when your working memory is overburdened, it's, it's hard to focus, and so it looks like a – uh, focus issue because you you run off and you go do something else as opposed to doing what you're supposed to do and it was funny because in the interview with him we had concluded at the end that paper was actually high tech for those with ADHD and I don't think anybody <laughs> we typically don't think through using our working memory to begin to visualize and, and talk about the differences between the two and I really this show everybody is really to talk about how we have moved to this digital world and there are some advantages to it because you can easily store lots of information but it's also challenging on your working memory and often i think we get bullied into that and we we're here to argue that paper sometimes high tech for those with adhd thoughts on that elaine i yes a thousand percent <laughs> when you suggested this talk i'm like yes let's talk about this i've got so many examples um because you know i don't think i can even think without a pen in my hand and paper in front of me half the time like it's it's not until i externalize it and see it because I've, I've got, you know, for me, I'm a visual processor and I have some challenges with visual processing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not just, it's part of it is writing it, part of it is seeing it, but part of it is then being able to see it over time, to see it again mm-hmm. and again. And yep. if, it's behind, if it's on some tab on my computer, I can't find it, which is why I have a million tabs open, because yep. if I don't see it, it doesn't exist. Which is right. uh, yeah, and everybody, we're going to be we're going to bounce all over the place on this because there's all kinds of little things. Like I've coached lots of people with ADHD, they got like 50 tabs open right. because they got to have those tabs represent things that are partially done and they're visual reminders. And so, actually, I tell you what, let's pause. When it comes to working memory, there's two sides of working memory. One of them is visual imagery, the ability to see stuff to create the picture in your mind, and the other one is nonverbal working memory, which is self-talk. We know, as Elaine just said, sometimes you've got to visualize it and you've got to see it. We also know people with ADHD, sometimes not to talk is not to think. They actually have to say things out loud. And so with that as a backdrop, we can begin to start jumping into some of these things and really taking a look at, at some of the challenges that are presented by, um, by this. So you're talking about the visual side. I know when I went to college, I had books and I had notebooks. And I could look at the book and I could see – the size of the book could give me an indication, a visual idea of how much information was in that. It's mm-hmm. interesting to me because when I have a link online and like maybe a link to a page of video or something like that, I can't conceive of really how much material is there. Yeah. And if I got yeah, several right. links, is it a book, hard, big book yep. or a little book, right? Yep. <laughs> yep. And it's sometimes it's overwhelming to go there and look into it. Oh my God, this is like 30 minutes. I don't have the time for it right now. So it creates lots of anxiety because it's hard to kind of get your head around that. Again, sometimes with paper, it's just easier because you can see it and you can make an assessment and that, that you, you, sometimes you don't need that you're doing, but it makes it a lot easier. Does this make sense to you? Oh, it makes total sense. You know, as you said this, I've turned around, I'm looking at my bookshelf, 
right? And I'm remembering, and I'm looking at the top shelves that have my books from college, and I'm thinking, wow, I read all of that, but I can sort of go back and see what I did just based on the size of the book, yep. right? And then it makes me also think about um, when I, you know, because I just wrote a book, and when I think about books and, and uh, you know, a lot of people writing books around me, um, you know, when I open it, it, I'm looking at, you know, can I process the way that the book is 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 yep. produced, is published? Like, are the margins well enough? Or the, is the spacing between the lines easy enough for me to be able to process it visually? Um, you know, I did a lot of work in my book to make sure that it was easy to process visually for those yep. of us who struggle with it. But it took a lot of effort, and I had to have a lot of conversations with a publisher to do that. Yep. Most people don't think about it that way because they don't realize that their audience may be struggling to read absolutely or process the information right so, yeah so, so you said something there i want to kind of go back and i apologize for jumping around but you have all those books behind you another thing that i've learned about adhd is working memory is you have to to, to put a picture together and i there's a guy i coached one time who had a bunch of binders had a, a professional organizer came in and labor them it was very visually he described like in the moment that he's looking for something, all the binders were invisible. And specifically we talked about, he was looking for bank statements and they were on one said bank of America. And he had to read bank of America. And he had to assemble mm-hmm. a picture in his mind of the bank in order for him to associate it. And that's really, really effortful. And so it's a challenge. Whereas with him, what we did is we actually just printed off a logo of Bank of America, and we put it on the outside of the binder so he didn't have to assemble the picture in his mind. I'm sharing that because I know for me, I actually have all my old MBA books, and I look at them because I can see the book, and I know what it is, and I know it's there just by the visual. Whereas if I were to go online and have to read like the name of a book and try to look what uh-huh. I'm looking for, it's so much easier for me to see and make that association of the logo or the color of the book and make yes. it easier for me to retrieve that information. Whereas digitally, oh, my God, it's agonizingly difficult. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, I was thinking about, you know, I, I, again, I have I have big bookshelves behind me, and I know what's on each shelf. They're organized categorically so that when someone's asking me or I'm on the phone with a client and I want to refer a book or recommend a book, I look back to see the book. I can't remember the name of the book until I can see the book, Yep. and then I'll get the name. But I may not read the title. It's just seeing it is what brings it back to me. I, and so I, I, I have to agree. find it on my shelf to, Ab- to be able Ab- to tell them the book. Absolutely. I can't and tell you the know, name of the book I'm reading unless I look at the book. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, True. Well, this, is, this is exactly the little things, everybody out there, that you don't think about that, that really can be a big issue. Another thing that's interesting to me, if you go to paper, I don't know about you, Elaine, but when you read a book that's in paper, there's no hyperlink and there's no um, – notifications that are coming to you about social media or anything like that, it's easier for you to self-regulate because you're actually not tempted by that. And with books and paper, I can go read them by the pool. I can go outside where the screen makes it a little bit more difficult. So sometimes when I want to break away and be quiet and I really need to focus, it's a lot easier to deal with the paper than it is to lug that computer around. Thoughts and experience on that? Yeah. I Well, you know, I'm a big fan of paper. Like I like to read a book. I love to have a highlighter in my hands, you know. <laughs> Um, yep. It's when I started writing this most recent book, I went back to a lot of the the, um, the books that I read early in my parenting experience, some of my favorite parenting books. And I was kind of surprised to see how much I had annotated them, how much I had underlined and circled and, and tabbed and, 
you know, bent down the pages. And, and it was that physical experience with the book that enabled me to find the salient things I wanted to find or to go, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's where I learned that. Or, I, and I, if, it, I, if I'd read it in a Kindle or digitally, I don't think I ever would have gone back to it or I never would have. You, you just can't flip through it as easily. There's just something about having it in your hand that makes it so much more accessible to me. And, and the word you used earlier, I think, is key. It's less effortful for me to, to you know, fan through a book than it is for me to go find a link, pull it up, and then start swiping to see if I can figure out, you know, what, what I cared about. I can, I can do it tangibly. It's more three-dimensional, you know. It, and and I, I'm glad you brought it up. It is less effortful because if it is really, really hard, that's when people with ADHD have a tendency to just escape, and we're off to something else, and we're not necessarily coming back. And so the idea is to make it less taxing on your work and make it easier for you to visualize, make it easier you to get to because it makes it easier for you actually to focus and to stay on task. And I think it's really important because we think of it as a focus issue, but if it's effortful, it's hard, and we have a tendency yeah. to do other things. Yeah. So, so, so there was a there was a story I wanted to tell you, and I don't know if we have time now or if we should do it after the break. But but that it speaks directly to that because it's effort on both sides on some level. Yep. And hey, so it sometimes it's balancing the two. Yeah. Let's go to break, and we'll, so we can have time to go through the story. Everyone, uh, you need to check out Elaine's websites: uh, impactadhd.com and impactsparents.com. Uh, the secret word tonight is tech. Again, secret word tonight is tech, and we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be your child's greatest ally by reading the book Ned Hollowell described as a game changer. Michelle Borba referred to as the ultimate guide for parents and Michael Thompson praised as the groundbreaking book you've been waiting for. Go to playbetterplan.com to buy a copy of Caroline McGuire's book, Why Will No One Play With Me? While you're there, subscribe to download her free mini-course on developing social skills for children. That's playbetterplan.com. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, TimeTimer's bright red disc disappears. Visit TimeTimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to ADDCA.com slash ATR. That's ADDCA.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Elaine uh, Taylor-Claus. We're having a great conversation about ADHD and the notion that paper actually could be high-tech. A lot of this goes back to ambiguity, working memory. Uh, really, a lot of this is really working memory, and we begin to see why. Hopefully, we're illuminating. You can begin to see in your head and identify with how taxing this is. And before the break, we're talking about if it's overburdening your, your working memory or your executive functioning, it's making it hard, harder 
then it's uh, more easy or more difficult to regulate that. So um, before the break, Elaine, you had a story you want to tell us? Yeah. I mean, as soon as, as soon as we started talking about this topic, it's like, I, I, I just, I have this visceral memory and it's <laughs> going back a lot of years, uh, probably 15 years. And I had a really rough year. I have three complex kids and I had three kids in three different schools in three different cities effectively. In, in my community, but, but literally in three different municipalities. So lots of driving, lots of time in a car, lots of tears <laughs> from me, <laughs> lots of carpools. And I remember, I remember where I was standing in the house and, and everything. And, and it's really funny that we're talking about paper because I had this big whiteboard kind of, uh, you know, big post-it note on the wall with, with um, little little post-it notes on it, trying to organize and figure it out and how am I going to do this? Because I literally couldn't be in three different cities at one time. And and I finally and I and I was a paper calendar girl, right? I always mm-hmm. loved my month by month paper calendar all my life. My whole history of my life is on my paper calendars. Mm-hmm. And and I realized as I was trying to write the carpools into my little you know eight and a half by eleven calendar that there wasn't enough room on the calendar for me to write all the cartoons for the three different kids. Literally, there was not enough space. And so then I'm going to have to go to a day-by-day, which I knew I was never going to do. And, and, I, and I remember sitting there in tears with my husband when he finally said, you're going to have to, it's time, you're going to have to use a computer calendar. And I'm, I was crying. I was like, no, 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 don't make me do it. Right? But he, but he was actually right. In that case, I really did need to move into the 21st century, um, given that it was well into the 21st century by that point. Um, and I needed to because logistically I could no longer manage the complexity of my family's life with just the paper calendar um, at, at the stage that we were in in the world. And so mm-hmm. I actually moved to a, paper, to a, to a digital calendar. Um, and... And I will be really honest, it took me years, I mean, many years to be comfortable with it, to be facile with it, to be able to use it myself. My, my husband still will remark if I put something on the calendar myself, he'll, he'll give me an girl because I, I hate putting things on the calendar. It stresses me out. I hired an assistant to do it because it stresses me out so much. I can handle the paper calendar any day, but the digital calendar was really super hard for me. And yet, and this is what I think is important, sometimes we need to to go through the effort and push past and learn a different way of doing it and then have our backups or whatever. I still use paper to to keep my notes and my to-dos and my, my, you know, everything else. But there was a point where I had to make a choice and I had to choose it based on what are the trade-offs. And so I knew that it was harder, but it was that ability to make the choice knowing it was harder, not being pushed into it, but kind of being guided into it that made a difference. Does that make so, sense? I mean, yeah, are you getting this? Yeah, there's a, there's, but there's a whole bunch of stuff in here that, that's, that's yeah. that is so ADD that's important. Number one <laughs> is, is there are advantages to digital, and as much yeah. as it's very, very portable, you can consolidate information, et cetera. But it's I can manage on the like eight different calendars at once, right? Because I've got now, you know, all my kids now have calendars and my husband and my business partner and my like, so like there's some capacity that I couldn't do on paper, right? So, 
Yeah, but but what I really want to highlight with this specific situation is that I talk about ADHD as a, a self-regulation issue. And I got most of this with Dr. Barkley. Revelation was a self-regulation issue with a working memory challenge. And in the moment that you want – because paper is so easy for you, Lane, because you could see it. And it was easier for you to regulate. To have to stop and pause and override your automatic behavior of putting stuff down in print and actually go into a computer and stick it in there. And then when something would come up, you've got to stop and you've got to pause and you've got to go look it up. And you've got to stop and you using that thinking brain to step in and automatically override me. The thinking brain to override that automatic brain as I'm describing this people you can begin this is just hard and this is why uh-huh. it's so difficult for people with ADHD to do things that are new or override habits or override kind of what's natural and you got through it but it took a it lot took, of effort it took a lot of effort and it took years and, I mean and, and, and I'm not exaggerating when I say years and, and a lot of what this, this is, is I, you know, sometimes I think paper is really, really useful. Other times we've got to go digital. But I like where we are right now to help people understand is that if you're in the corporate world and you're doing something and you're having to go to this, this, this digital type stuff, it's hard because it's unnatural because it's taxing your working memory that much more difficult. And you're having to expend more effort to stop and think differently. And that over a really long period of time is exhausting, and that's why it's so difficult to make some of those transitions. And that's also why it's so difficult to change more than one thing at a time because it does take a lot of effort. Yeah. Well, and as you're saying that what's coming up is, you know, the the other place this shows up a lot is to-do lists because a lot of people are using online systems and, you know, and, and project management systems and, you know, all kinds of digital ways that we manage what it is we're supposed to be doing and keeping track of. And what I've noticed in the last few months for myself is that when I hit that level of, and I'm not great at using online systems. I actually prefer paper for my to-dos and that kind of thing. But, but I also have an online kind of backup and master list and that kind of, you know, to yep. sort of navigate it both ways. But what I discovered recently about myself is that when stress starts to rise, when I start to get overwhelmed or when the volume gets high, like I had a child who was being married recently, so I, I was taking a trip on top of everything else. And, and so all, my, my volume got higher. And when mm-hmm. I start getting overwhelmed, what I realized I, I have started doing, and I didn't even do it consciously, I've just done it, is I start mind mapping. And so yep. I, and I literally stand up to do it, and I start like capturing the buckets of all of the different things I have to pay attention to. It's not the details. It's like I pull back to the category level, to the big picture, mm-hmm. because it's the big picture that we often lose in all of these different, you know, tasks and assignments and one-offs and project management. We, we see the task, but we're losing the context. And I think yep. for, for those of us with ADD, oftentimes we need to remember the context in what we're doing to, to make it easier for the working memory. And so the way I've realized I'm doing it is by creating these huge, like when I was trying to move, I had three pages that taped together of this mind map just to do, capture all of the different categories of things I had to do. The detail wasn't there just to be able to see all the things I was working on. I love what you just described, the need to back up and have a bigger picture understanding of it. I want to flip the coin here for a second. There are some people with ADHD who find 
the digital world and automation world to be incredibly good because they can organize things. And I'm going to move to finance as a way from maybe calendars and stuff like that. They can set it all up. But what's interesting to me is if something breaks, they kind of can't conceptualize it. And they've got to go back and relearn that system. Whereas if in, the, in, in my office, like if I have physical bills and physical paper and stuff like that, I can kind of see it really easy. Like if something happens, I kind of know it's there. Again, this is working memory. And some people actually make that leap to the digital world, and it's helpful for a period of time, and it's really, really good. And like I said, until something breaks, then it's incredibly overwhelming because they have to go in and the visual imagery to figure out even what the system is anymore and retrace their steps can be agonizingly difficult. And I'm sharing that because some people go to that and they set it all up and something breaks and then they're frustrated for years. doesn't mean you shouldn't do that. But before you set this up, because I've actually done before where I've done this and I've like drawn arrows to map out a, some type of a diagram when I'm setting it up. So if it does break, I got a sense of what's going on. Yeah. So, anyway, I tell you what, let's go to another break real quick and come back and kind of continue sharing some where this kind of shows up. Uh, our listeners, um, Love Elaine. She's absolutely brilliant. Please check out her website at impactadhd.com and her impact. other website. Impact yep, it's Parent. really impactparents.com. Now we'll get you to everything. There you go. Hit that one and you're good. Our secret word tonight is tech. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? <laughs> Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone. We're having a great conversation, as we always do, with Elaine Taylor-Kloss. Um, talking about uh, high-tech solutions for those with ADHD and an argument that sometimes uh, paper is actually high-tech. Uh, Cover a lot of material. Um, I want to just kind of share another type of thing where paper is kind of handy. I find some with ADHD um, myself, I like paper, uh, Bill Payne. What's cool about paper is um, I get it in the mail. It comes to me. Um, I'm lucky because I have a mailbox and a trash can right under it. So I open the mail and get rid of all the garbage. So I have a bill or a statement and I look at it and I can see the balance. It's really a very quick transaction. And I have a visual uh, of that and I get a sense of it instantaneously. The alternative is if I get uh, paperless statements and I get the email, 
I can't look at it. I've actually got to click on a link and then I got to go find my username and password. And then I don't know about you guys, but it's always difficult for me to find whatever I'm looking for on those sites. So I got to go pull it up and then I'm looking through a, a screen. I've got to scroll around. My point is, is there's a lot of effort in this to get to that number. Again, it's very effortful for me to do that. So it's so much effort that I have a tendency to kind of ignore it and it gets out of sight, out of mind. And it's more difficult. Whereas for me, I walk in with a bill, I stick it in a pile on Mondays. It's right there. I just go online to one and I just pay them all from one login site. Again, the paper comes in, it reminds me it's very little work for me to see and I can go in and kind of make it happen. And if something breaks, it's really easy to fix it because it's just one thing. If it's just like one particular area, as again, as opposed to more digital side, some people like to do that, but at the same time, some people, they don't because of those challenges. Now I'm sharing that your thoughts on that, Elaine. I, I, I was, what I was thinking about as you were sharing it um, was, was like, okay, what's, what's my favorite, right? What's my favorite hack? Because yep. it's like, that's the one that works for you in your life. And I'm yep. with you. I prefer paper. Um, but if I'm full, fully disclosing, I'm the one that goes through the mail, sorts it, takes the important stuff, and hands it to someone else. So. <laughs> but see, that's um, easy. It's easier it than is, sorting It is a whole lot and, easier than, yep. than making sure that, that he actually knows where the statement is. It's like it's really clear what needs to be paid if it's in my hand. So, um, and I have a place that I know that I'm going to keep it where it's going to be seen or I can transfer or that kind of thing. Um, for me, my favorite hack is I like using um, – uh, what do you call it? A, a you know those journals, the um, composition notebook. Yep. As a instead of because one of the things I learned was I like paper so much that for many many years I had things written down on little pieces of paper everywhere in the house. <laughs> And then it was no longer a constructive tool for me because then I couldn't find my notes. And so one of the things I learned to do I, when I worked with Barbara Luther probably, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago, a long time ago, and I've still – it's the only system I've ever used consistently for this long is whenever I have anything to write down, a telephone number, a note about a conversation, you know, anything, it goes into the same composition notebook, and I just date them, and I date every mm -hmm. page. and. Um, and it's a really – I use this, the notebook differently over the years. Sometimes I'll do personal on one side and business on the other. Sometimes, you know, I'll, I use it lots of different ways, but I, all my scribbling goes into that notebook. So, so I, don't, I no longer have scraps of paper and little post-it notes all over the house. I have, I have that notebook, and then I can pull and put a post-it note on front for what I need to pay attention to today. And then that can be thrown away when it's done. So it, it's simplifying using the paper, but using it as sim as simple a system as possible, I think, also helps us use it more effectively. So I, I love what you're saying. That makes all the sense in the world. But I'm also going to go with something else. And one of the things, everyone, I, know, I love Elaine so much because it's about problem solving. There's no one ADHD tips, trick, and solution that works for everybody. <laughs> Right. I've worked with people before where we've talked about when you're in a room and you have an idea and you write it down on a piece of paper, that's an incredibly effective ADHD thing to do. Because when you have that thought come to your mind, if you don't do something with it and externalize it, you're likely going to forget it. So actually writing it down is textbook. It's like yep. point of performance. You have the idea you put down. For some people, though, if you're writing on a notebook in a room and it's commingled, what you've got to do is some of those notes, if they were to do, you want to get them to your future self. In other words, 
here's a note that I need to get done and I need to get to myself tomorrow at 10 o'clock. So I do that task. How do you get that message to yourself in, a, in another situation? If you've got a notebook that's commingled, you might have to rewrite it and, and do that other times. But yeah. Some people I've said, you write it on a post-it and I you take that say. post-it to that location. Or I've had people do index cards and it's categories. So they go and they put like index cards with a rubber band. This is Aaron's outside the house. This is Aaron's in the house and kind of whatever. The thing about digital is if you don't have the means to capture the idea at that point of performance, you'll likely forget it. If you put it into your email and you send it somewhere, the question is, is do you consolidate it in one place? I personally have, I, I struggle with the world because I've got like seven email addresses. People are texting me. I've got instant messages. I've got stuff coming to me. And, and by the way, I don't like text messages because I can't organize them. I, have, I Literally, I copy and paste and send an email to myself because of the laborious. So digital is sometimes good for pulling some information and paper sometimes easier just to take it on foot and send it to that location. That's kind of crazy for a lot of people out there, but the idea here really is to begin to stop and think about digital technology and paper technology. Sometimes you need to go paper. It's high tech. Sometimes mm -hmm. it makes sense to go digital. Other times you really need to focus on some type of a hybrid system to take advantages of both, and I don't think a lot of people with ADHD actually think in those terms. Right. You, well, it's, it's either create a hybrid system or, or think through enough to make the conscious choice. It's like you've got to look at the cost-benefit. Yep. Right. And and it's not just is this a good system, but how will I use it? What will be the what will be the benefit to me? What will be the effort to me? And is it worth the effort? Which goes to a we're going back to working memory is if you're gonna sit exactly. in your mind and 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 I can begin to picture the cost-benefit analysis or something like that. I think with ADHD, most people are going to have some difficulty with that unless you either talk out loud with somebody else or you sit down and kind of map it out or write it all down because it's difficult for to hold all the what-if scenarios in your mind in order to kind of go through that what-if analysis to make that happen. And I do believe a lot of times people with ADHD, when they're trying to organize something, they jump into something. And I've said for years, there's organizations, a two-step process. The first one is to pick the system. The second step is to organize within that system. And all too often, I think people just grab a system and start stuffing stuff into it. And often that system isn't the right system for them to use. And can I, can that I add a third step? Yes. The third step is to, is to rinse and repeat, is to go back and look at the system and say, okay, now that I'm using it, what's working, what's not, how do I want to tweak it to make it better? Absolutely. I'm, uh, absolutely. Because I think we, we make an assumption that I'm going to use a system and it's going to work. And a system only works as well as you sort of use it and massage it to make it work for you. <laughs> Reminds me of my mom. I, I, I grew up, my dad worked for IBM. I thought it stood for I've been moved. By the time I was 14, I'd moved like 12 <laughs> times or whatever. And my mom, we, we moved so much, and she has this, she's got some wacky insights. She says, you know, the kitchen's the last room that ever gets organized. And her thing is you put stuff there. But what happens is, is when you put it there, you actually rearrange it so everybody moves to where you use it. Sometimes you mm -hmm. walk in, you think it logically goes here, but the, when you're moving around a kitchen, it doesn't work. And there are actually people who design kitchens because at a restaurant, when you've got a lot of people, you want middle movement. You want everything to be at point of performance because if people are cross, crisscrossing, it's very ineffective. And sometimes where you're sitting down with these things, going back and taking a look at how you use it and adapting that system to make some slight adjustments, I think is really, really important uh, to your point. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the last real point that I want to make on this is that 
in our world today, I, I say this, I've, I've been saying it for years. If you have ADHD, you need to understand this concept. It's convenient for society if you do it their way. I'm going to repeat. It's convenient for society if you do it their way because it doesn't require work on their part. And I say that because I get bullied all the time. Go green. Go green with your statements. It's easy for them to send me a digital statement. It's not easy for me. And sometimes I have to advocate and push back. And if you're an employer or whatever, accommodations are making some adjustments. It's not always easy to advocate. However, I do know this is if you're really struggling with something and you need to go paper, sometimes you need to advocate for yourself to do this. And you're going to get some pushback because, again, it's easy. Somebody's got to do some work, but they're always pushing it off on you. And it's not always your problem. Sometimes it's really, really selfish on their part. Um, and and they'll, again, I like to go green because they're going to bully you with the earth to go green to get their way, even though it's not as productive for you. And so always remember that, that, that it's pushing. You've got to stand up for yourself because if you know what works, stick with what works. Thoughts on that, Elaine? Uh, well, you know, the environmentalist in me is, is pushing back a little bit, you know, but just a little yep. bit. You know, we can recycle. We can use recycled paper. There's lots of things that we can do. Um, we can do that. But but at the end of the day, what you're speaking to is you have to understand how, how your brain works and and use or acquire or develop or whatever it is, the systems that work for the way you work if you really want to get it done. Now, if you don't care if you're going to pay your bills and and it doesn't matter, go digital. <laughs> but if you aren't going to pay the bills when it's digital, then the cost to that is going to be a lot greater than than what you're trying to save. And so you really have to have to think it through. And the challenge with ADD is we have to think it through with each system we're trying to put into place. You can't just do it once and have it be done because new things come up and we have to keep problem solving and keep trying to figure out, okay, how can I make this work? And when something changes or the weather changes or whatever it is, it's like, okay, now, how do I tweak it now? How do I make it work now? And that question of what works for me needs to be sort of this constant question that you're asking yourself in, in every environment. And it's, it, sometimes it, it gets exhausting to do, and it's probably the most effective way you can manage yourself. Uh, totally well said. Uh, I want to highlight that. I, Elaine and I have been doing this for a long time. It's really a lot about problem solving and a lot of self-awareness and coming down yourself. Self-awareness yeah. is difficult sometimes, but uh, that's why we do what we do is we help people with that self-awareness and try to find out what works for them, not just buying into some system. And today's show is really about advocating for some papers, high tech. And if it is, mm-hmm. use it and make it work for you. So with that, any well, last comments? Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is really, I think today's show is about giving yourself permission. Right, it, well permission to make paper type high tech, permission to choose the systems that work for you, um, because really that's that's what it's about. And and if if paper needs to be high tech for you, then make it so. Absolutely, absolutely. So, our secret word tonight is tech. And uh, Elaine, website, impact, impact parents, parents, parents you can get it all there. You go check it out, <laughs> Elaine. She's, she's got all kinds of great resources there. Uh, check that out. Again, our secret word is tech. With that, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. 